0: In the course of the next two months, the Chinamen work in split crews of 30 apiece. While one crew is setting up rice paddies on my never ending estate so they can feed themselves, the other 30 work under a veil of secrecy constructing my new business next to the pig shack. They cut down trees from my property and turn them into building supplies and melt down copper they find to make nails. I have so many working in unison that my hard costs are nothing. Curiosity begins to spread amongst the town people as to what kind of establishment I'm building. And I never say a goddamn word, which only creates more interest. I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with schmopium, schmem. Since the Schlager brothers have shut down my ability to mine gold, it's time to become a hardcore drug dealer. There are only a couple ways to be rich in my time gold and drugs. Even being a doctor or a lawyer is more of a novelty or hobby. <laughs> don't even think about being a dentist. If you can tie a piece of string on the back of a doorknob, congrats. You're a fucking dentist. Operating opium dens is 100% legal now. There's nothing anyone can do about it. For the Chinamen's hard work, I agree that they can all live in the den once they are finished. I also agree to give them a cut of the profits for running the place. Don't worry. It's something like 1%. Again, these people are just grateful to live and work here, so I'm basically doing them a favor. As the building progresses in town, life on the home front has been surprisingly pleasant. Loretta is happy with the new additions to her garden, the kids are all learning karate, and I've been having sex with most of the girls that I brought back from overseas out in the paddies. It is probably one of the most joyful times I've ever experienced as a married man. It's like being Mormon, but with way hotter women. And my wife doesn't know. Actually, it's nothing like being Mormon. I'm just committing adultery again. As the summer goes on, I see various Schlager brothers spying on me high above in the hills. Normally, I'd kill them and think nothing of it. This time, however, I want them to be curious about my every move. I also want them to see me having sex with these women in the fields, partly for business, but mostly because I'm into that shit. I enjoy an audience and I like to be watched, big fucking deal. So I wait and let them watch me fuck the entire summer. Just as the season is about to turn to autumn, Samantha and his boys ride up over the hill in a carriage behind my steed with huge smiles on their faces. I see a glint in Samantha's wooden teeth that I haven't seen before. Or maybe a termite shoot a little piece out. Either way, I know that it is time. Is Freddy boss? He says enthusiastically. Son of a bitch. Man, this feels good. I'm so proud of us that I want to throw a party tonight, which you'll obviously set up. Why don't you guys make some of that rice wine so I can get insanely drunk? Oh, we love to. You deserve it after how hard we've worked all these months. Tell me about it. My leadership skills are better than I give myself credit for. Now go get a jump on that wine, okay? Daddy needs to get his beak wet. Then they scurry off. I can tell they're excited because they actually show a different emotion than frozen by fear. As I walk through the rice paddies with the sun setting behind me, a cool breeze picks up, sending tingles down my body, probably indicating a change or some form of STD. I shiver a little bit, but refuse to put a shirt on. A young woman, Soon Lee, who I've been bawling for close to a year, maybe longer, they really do all look alike, peeks her head out from behind the paddies and politely waves at me. Mr. Street James, can we talk? She asks shyly. Yeah, I guess. You're kind of ruining this sunset for me, but go ahead. I'm so sorry. I just wanted to tell you that I'm pregnant. She then steps out from behind the patties, revealing her huge stomach, indicating that she's very late into her third trimester. It actually looks like she'd give birth at any second. Shh, I know you're pregnant. I've known for days You are the father I figured I never pull out Will you be there for me and our baby? (laughs) I smile warmly at her and answer Probably not I'm not even really here for my own children with my real wife So you're more than likely going to have to ride solo on this effort Is there at least a chance? I will wait for you maybe someday soon that's so nice to hear nope you didn't let me finish maybe someday soon lee you will meet another man who will care for you and the child i'm just not him look you're a special flower that deserves to be watered on i gotta go we cool yes she says as she nods her head and bows to me also Could you grab that wheelbarrow full of broken rocks and discard them about a mile down the river? Thanks a bunch. As her nine-months-pregnant body struggles to lift the heavy wheelbarrow, I notice a couple more Schlager brothers on top of the hill spying on me in the distance. Since we're opening tomorrow, I decide now would be the perfect time to test the opium out on potential customers. I hop on my steed and ride in from behind, surprising them with my pistols drawn. (laughs) They damn near shit themselves going for their own guns. Don't do that, boys. I already have the jump on you. If I'd wanted you dead, I would have killed you by now. Well, what the hell do you want, then? One of them asks. To bury the hatchet. Let bygones be bygones. You killed my son. I killed half your family. But that doesn't mean we can't be friends. How about a little herbal peace offering? I pull a long Chinese pipe and a box of matches out of my pants. They look at me suspiciously as they examine the pipe. It's obvious they haven't seen anything like this before. One of them even sniffs the contents of the bowl. What is this? Some of that crazy engine shit? He asks. You mean peyote? Yeah, peyote! That shit made me wrap my entire body in leather, cut out only a mouth hole to breathe, and jump off the roof of my house. I landed pecker head down in my wife's cactus. That actually sounds like a blast, but no. The stuff I got here has been shipped in from the Orients. It's a new drug called opium, and it's the smoothest high you'll ever have. No hallucinations, and it makes you want to have sex even if you don't. "'That's bullshit. I never heard of it,' the other slugger says. "'It's brand new to the States. I'm opening up a whole new whorehouse in town tomorrow that will exclusively sell it. "'You sure I can't interest you in a toke?' They both confer with each other, then smile at me. "'You smoke some first to prove it's safe,' one of them says. (laughs) "'You don't have to twist my dick to smoke this shit.' I strike a match off the bottom of my boot and light the bowl. Through the flame, I can see them eyeing me cautiously as I inhale deeply and blow out huge smoke rings. I then pass the pipe to them. Not wanting to be pussies, they each take a hit and try to hold it in longer than I did. When they finally exhale, they immediately break into fits of laughter. (laughs) I pat each of them on the back as they continue to smoke. With each puff, they become more entranced in the opium haze. One of them wiggles his fingers in front of his face. Man, I feel amazing. And you're right, I do want to have sex. Matter of fact, I might go stick my dick in that hollowed out tree knot over there. He points to a large oak tree down by my house. Uh, dude, I got kids and shit. You can totally fuck a tree on the way back to your place if you want, though. Have a good night. I turn and hop back on my steed to ride off when one of them calls out, Hey, you got any more of that shit? (laughs) I smile to myself before turning around. I sure do. Stop by my grand opening in town tomorrow. Invite your brothers if you want. Okay. But what time specifically do you open? Because I will be there at whatever time that is. Noon. See you gentlemen tomorrow. I tip my hat and ride off not saying another word, knowing that they are already hooked. After dinner, when Loretta is putting down the last of our children, I stop to have a cigarette with Daniel in his room. I wait outside his door until he's finished jacking off. He's 14 now, so that's pretty much all he does all day. (laughs) Like father, like son. Speaking of which, my father never let me borrow his socks after the age of 10, a trait that I've taken to heart as well. I knock on the door to make sure it is safe. Um, come in. I'm not doing anything. Daniel says hurriedly. It's your old man. Just wondering if you want to have a cigarette. I ask as I carefully open the door. Oh, you look out of breath. Should I come back? No, it's okay. I was just doing push-ups. Well, it is important to work on your core. But remember to always properly warm up before any exercise. Warming up reduces the risk of injury. He looks at me puzzled. Um, okay. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) I'm fucking with you. I know you were jacking off. You think I give a shit about warming up before exercising? Let's have a smoke, bro. I burst out laughing and punch him in the gooch before sitting down at the foot of the bed next to him. We hand-roll a couple heaters and open up the window in his room. Outside, I see hundreds of tiny lanterns lit for the celebration this evening. For the first time ever, the Chinese aren't working. Instead, they mingle around the barn, smoking cigarettes and drinking rice wine. Daniel joins me at the window. It's beautiful, isn't it, Dad? That sounded gay, but you probably knew that the second it came out of your mouth, right? Yeah, that was stupid. I'm sorry. Can I come to the party tonight? With the sounds of female (laughs) laughter trickling through the night air becoming more frequent, I can see the eagerness in his eyes. I lean over and put my arm on his shoulder. Not a fucking prayer, my man. Your mother would kill me. But you can watch from your window and I'll pretend you're sleeping. Okay. He says, disappointed. As I turn to walk out and leave, he stops me and asks... What's going to happen out there tonight? One can never be sure. I just hope I don't wake up covered in someone else's blood in a bathtub full of doll parts. Good night, buddy. I walk out with his lantern and quietly close the door behind me. As soon as I turn around, I run smack tits into Loretta. Both of our lanterns collide and hit the floor, burning down the entire house with all of us in it. Everyone perishes and there are no survivors... Just kidding. I wanted to make sure you were still paying attention. Loretta looks up at me surprised. Is he asleep? (laughs) Fast as shit. I thought he was dead in there for a second. Good. That makes all of them. Are you going to the party? I thought I'd stop by for a drink. I want to tell them they've done a great job with everything, but I still want them to know that I'm their boss. Why? Do you want to go? I don't know. I have a tin cup full of wine and let my hair down. If you fucking cheat on me, I'll kill you. I say angrily. What? No, I just... <laughs> I'm messing with you. You could never find a man as good as me. After you, Mrs. Street James. She smiles and takes my arm, allowing me to escort her out into the rice paddies. Daniel was right. It is beautiful seeing all these Chinese lanterns lit up and strung throughout the garden. I obviously don't say that aloud, though. As we walk arm in arm, Samantha comes running out with two cups of wine. Half of his wooden teeth are now missing, so I can confirm that termites have obviously infested the rest of his mouth. He seems really happy at the moment, and I don't want to ruin that by pointing out his teeth. We did it, both, he says with a more defined lisp. Yes, I did. Big day tomorrow. You excited to finally be able to sleep indoors? Oh, yes. My people have always dreamed of sleeping inside the place they work all day long. (laughs) I can imagine. Are you guys coming out to the barn for a special party? Oh, I don't know, Sam. Loretta nudges me. Come on, St. James. Might be fun. Uh, Lou, people are going to be smoking opium and wearing animal masks. Shit might get wild. I'll try it. I should at least know the kind of business you're getting into. I look at Sam and shrug my shoulders. Okay, give her the pipe, I tell him. Samantha smiles and pulls a pipe out of his back pocket. By the way, Chinese people carry pipes on them at all times, which is just fucking classy. Samantha loads her up a bowl, and I instruct Lou to hold it in as I light it. She's a woman, so obviously she chokes on it and coughs out all the smoke like she's dying. Her eyes start to water and her cheeks get red, then suddenly she bursts out laughing. (laughs) I take a toke of my own, and we pass it around several times before walking over to the barn. Samantha flings open the barn doors, and a giant plume of steam hits us in the face. I close my eyes and take it all in, inhaling deeply. Memories of my first night in China come flooding back. I know exactly what the fuck is going down in here. Once inside, I see they've set up a makeshift bathhouse with people washing each other and having sex inside all the giant horse troughs from the stables. I'm initially surprised at how much water they've taken out of the river. Then I remember they are Chinese. Never doubt their fucking efficiency and attention to detail. The only thing different from the Orient is that this time... There are men in there as well I don't know if you've ever seen a penis on a Chinaman But it's like looking for an acorn in a pile of autumn leaves When you first see one, there's a lot of algebra involved You start calculating length times width minus body size It's hard to tell if their dicks are that tiny Or if they just grow insane amounts of pubic hair Truthfully, that's a question for the scholars Loretta gasps and covers her mouth. <laughs> Are you okay, I ask? Yeah, I just never expected that this went on. They seem like such friendly people. To be fair, they're all still really friendly, but even I didn't know four people could 69 at the same time. It's pretty fucking rad, but if you want, we can leave. No, I want to stay. You only live once, right? <laughs> I hope that phrase never catches on. Since we are going in, we should have a safe word. Before I can tell her my safe word is harder, two beautiful nude Asian women grab her and lead us to a trough. They take our clothes off and put us into a makeshift bath. Once we are seated, they immediately pour hot water all over us. Everyone is smoking opium and pipes are being passed from trough to trough. When a pipe is passed to us, Loretta grabs it and takes a deep pull, but this time, she doesn't choke. Instead, she French-inhales slowly like she's been doing this shit for years. Instant seduction kicks in, and she moves toward me and straddles me Indian-style, wrapping her legs around me. The two Asian women hop into the tub, each one taking a seat behind Loretta and me. They begin massaging us as we fuck. Notice how I didn't say make love in that last sentence? That's because whenever there are two strangers buck naked with you in a horse trough that doubles as a bathtub, you're definitely fucking at that point. In my head, I'm thinking that Loretta will immediately be freaked out by this, but instead, it's quite the opposite. This shit is going down. Eventually, we end up swapping Asian chicks. Loretta makes out with one like she's back in an Irish private school while the other one rides me. And Loretta is cool with it, too. As the hours pass, Loretta must get with ten different girls, as do I. Obviously, the Chinamen know that I am their master, so nothing happens on the other dude tip with the missus. One dude does try to suck my dick, but I politely put the kibosh on that. He got caught up in the moment, and I understand. Things become really hazy around 4 a.m. when I see two more Asian women lead my steed into the barn. They begin to wash him with giant sponges. One girl even puts a hoof in her mouth. Look, I'm into some fucked up shit, but even I have to turn away at this point. Good for him and all that, but I don't need to see it. As things take a turn for the bizarre, a blood-curdling scream rings out in the air. I can tell immediately that this is not a scream of pleasure. I run to the back of the barn following the sounds of the screams. It's not atypical for someone to die during a drug-fueled orgy. A lot of people can't handle it as shit. But this time, no one is dead. Someone is about to be born. When I finally make my way to the source of the screaming, I stop in my tracks and look down at a nude woman in a trough of water mixed with blood. It is soon lee, and she is having my baby. One, this is the first and only time in orgy history that someone has physically gone into labor. Two, why do I still have an erection? <laughs> fight or flight, I guess. Adrenaline does some strange shit. With her screaming growing persistent, she grabs the sides of the trough with her hands and props her legs up over the sides. When she spots me, she looks up and briefly smiles. I knew you would be here for me and the baby. She says through gritted teeth. Uh, yeah, I also don't want to fuck up this orgy because we got a real good thing going on right now, so let's just shoot this kid out, what do you say? She nods and begins to push. A Chinaman doctor runs over and puts a pipe in her mouth with the opium acting as an epidural. She takes an enormous rip and exhales deeply. I look down and see the baby's head peeking out. He has my sweet hair. Within what seems like seconds after the first push, she goes from crowning to the full baby shooting out into the water like a dolphin birth. The doctor then bites off the umbilical cord and raises the child high above his head. He says a bunch of shit in Chinese and everybody cheers. I well up as I look at the baby. He looks like an Asian me. Everything else feels like a dream after that. I think I see my newborn baby riding through the barn of my horse at one point, but don't quote me on that. All I know is I wake up the next morning with Loretta back inside my house, in my own bathtub, full of doll parts and covered in someone else's blood. My Asian son's blood, to be exact. Best orgy ever. Remarkably, none of the Chinamen are hungover the next day. These motherfuckers are relentless. I nut up and take a Mexican shower, meaning I only brush my teeth and put on a cowboy hat, before riding out with Daniel. Loretta waves at me as we leave. There is a strange calmness to her now as if she has been to the other side and understands it. it. Scares the shit out of me. Daniel spits out a huge rope of tobacco juice on the ground and hands me a huge wad of chew from his shirt pocket. I upper lip that shit and flick the reins on my steed. Saw you walk into the house last night covered in blood. What the hell happened at that party, Dad? Let's just say you have a new brother. Wait, what? I don't want to talk about it, Daniel, but it would be nice for you to learn Chinese. We ride in silence the rest of the way into the town. On Main Street, I see two Schlager brothers that I smoked out yesterday already lined up in front of my new whorehouse. It's not as fancy as all the rest of the businesses in town, obviously, but the darker quality to it really adds to the mystery. Daniel and I tie up our horses and step back into the street and take it all in. Painted on the sign above the entrance in big black letters are the words, St. James Place, Opium Den and Polite Horse. It is the first establishment in America that offers both opium and horse, so it's kind of a huge deal. As I stand there looking up at the sign, a lion's pride washes over me. Samantha asked me to stand next to Daniel for a picture to properly mark this moment in history. I tell him I want a solo shot with my steed first because I don't want people to think this is a father-son business. How would it look if I were selling horrors with my son? It's not like we're fucking blacksmiths. Sam goes under a large blanket behind a camera set up on a large wooden tripod. One two One, two, three! The light bulb explodes in the air when the flash goes off, and it is really fucking dangerous. Samantha learns that first, Sam, when he steps out from underneath the blanket with his head smoking and his hair almost entirely burned off his scalp. He smiles and pats out a couple small flames of scorched hair. Are you okay, Sam? Uh, yes, I think so. Good, because I'm going to need one more. I think I was breathing out on that one. I need you to catch me on the breathe in. It makes my pecs look bigger. He nods in agreement and goes back under the blanket, proceeding to count me down again. Samantha sprints out from underneath the blanket, completely engulfed in flames after the next one. He frantically runs toward the whorehouse, and I immediately kick him into a horse trough full of water so he won't light my place ablaze right before it opens. After making sure he's safely put out, I walk over to Daniel and look him square in the eyes. Daniel, you were my firstborn child. That I actually took responsibility for, so I'd like for you to be the first customer. Daniel looks at me touched. Are you serious, Pa? Yes. I obviously can't watch you fuck, though, because you're still at that awkward stage that verges on creepy. Also, You can't ever tell your mother about this, got it? He laughs like a 14-year-old at a whorehouse, because he is. Catching himself being too excited, he steps back and firmly shakes my hands. Banging a whore is his last step toward becoming a man, and this is a really nice father-son moment. The nicest moment was obviously when he took 63 bullets for me, so I figure this is the least I could do to return the favor. As I walk him around the back, The two Schlager brothers who have been waiting out front start scratching their arms. Uh, is there any chance you're going to open up early, Mr. Street Jazz? One of them asks. I smile and point to Daniel and say, Gents, I'm going to let my boy take the first hit off that wooden dick and then let him bang out one of the whores before we open to the public. It should just be a minute. The other brother smiles. That's lovely, man. I wish my father would have done that for me. Congratulations to you and your boy. Thank you. Tell you what, when I come out, I'll let you cut the ribbon as my first real customers. How about that? It would be an honor. Walking around back, I wave at my Chinaman neighbors who are feeding dead people to their pigs. Because I've picked this exact location, not only will people not be able to sneak in through the back because of my Asian connections, But customers will also be able to devour some delicious squirrel dye on the way out. It's a win-win for everyone involved. I rap on the back door twice and a beautiful Asian woman answers in a silk kimono. She takes Daniel and me by the hands leading us in. The inside of the den is immaculate. Samantha and the boys did an unbelievable job recreating it to look exactly like the one I was at in China. Silk pillows cover the floors, surrounding a giant hookah in the middle of the room. Four more massive hookahs are set up underneath netting in each of the four corners of the joints. My own personal touch is a rice wine room in the back where you can go if you want more privacy and pay a little extra. The Asian woman sits Daniel down at the center hookah, already packed full of opium. I strike a match off the bottom of my boot and light the first honorary bowl inside my new establishments. Daniel chokes on the first hit, probably because of nerves, or due to the fact that he's smoking high-grade opium. Instead of laughing at him, I let him enjoy these last few minutes before his prostitution virginity is taken. It's a big deal when you fuck your first prosty. It's not like having sex with a normal girl. A normal girl, you have to play coy and see what kind of positions they'll let you try, but with a hooker, the sky's the limits. You can ask for the fairy tale. Fairy tale means anal. Have a good time, son, I say as I pat him on the back and walk out. When I walk out the front door, I notice a small crowd is now gathered. I spot a man holding a soapbox and promptly take it from him, dumping out all of his soap onto the ground before I jump on top of the box. Across the streets, Mayor Van Buren curiously peeks his head out from behind the post. He holds his monocle up to his eye, examining the proceedings. I grab a cane from an elderly gentleman who instantly falls over. Hear ye, hear ye, gentle townspeople. I am St. James Street James. But you probably already knew that, I say as I motion down toward my cock with the cane. Today, I am here to open the first ever opium den and polite whorehouse that has ever existed in America. No longer will you have to drink left-handed liquor with gold flakes floating in it. And gone are the days of having to put up with the sass of American whores. In here, you will be treated like gentlemen on a fine, oriental vacation. Plus, the girls don't speak English, so they can't say no. (laughs) All of the men gathered roar with laughter. In the front, a man with a familiar face winks at me. As I look closer, I realize it's the fucking crazy gypsy woman dressed as an older businessman complete with a long, fake white beard. I can't shake her. A part of me doesn't want to, either. It's sick, and it will come back to haunt me. But it makes my mind fucking dance. So come on in. Morning, noon, or night, our ladies will treat you right. The first time is on me. I'll also pay for it, too. (laughs) The crowd erupts in laughter and rapturous applause. Two beautiful Asian girls in kimonos walk out holding a giant red ribbon and a pair of scissors. I ask the two Schlager brothers who've been waiting in line to cut the ribbon, and they run over like excited junkies. Samantha, one more picture, please, I implore him. He pulls himself out of the trough he is cooling off his first-degree burns in and gingerly walks over to the camera. Slash! Sam stumbles out from behind the curtain with his jeans burned almost completely off his body and falls over face down on the ground as I open the doors for business. A slew of gentlemen rush inside, including the crazy gypsy, who stops and grabs my penis as hard as she can. She whispers in my ear, Don't you fucking dare say anything about me having a lady hole. Never, I say, still respecting her secrets. She grabs her fake dick and walks inside. Mayor Van Buren is still glaring at me from across the streets, shaking his head in disgust. I tip my cowboy hat toward him and motion him over. Can I interest you in some opium and possibly a fine whore today, Mayor Van Buren? The first one is on me. Uh, no thank you. I don't participate in those kinds of establishments. Your relatives do. I say, walking over to the camera, pulling out the sheet of glass containing the photograph. I hold it up to the sunlight so he can see the image of the Schlager brothers cutting the ribbon with me in between them. Mayor Van Buren fumes. Uh, 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 well, I'll have to see if the use of opium is in the book of laws or not. He threatens I can assure you that there is no law against it Uh, we'll see about that Good day to you, sir He says as he storms off Please fucketh off, sir I reply as I head straight over to Ron's printing press office With my glass picture of the three of us When I walk in, I see a man who appears to be Ron But he looks different This man is a little thinner and has a little more hair I bird dog a holster around his waist with a gun in it so I proceed with caution and quietly draw my guns. Ron? Is that you? Say something or I'll shoot your dick clean off your body. It's me. It's me. Please don't shoot my dick off my body. That's my biggest fear in life. His loose holster falls onto the floor as he runs toward me. <laughs> Same old gimpy run. In the light, I notice he's wearing a horrible toupee that is the same color and length of my hair. He's lost a few pounds, but he's still fat. The skinny fat kind with a lot of excess skin and zero definition. Truthfully, he should have just stayed fat. Is that gun even loaded, Ron? No. He says sadly. Good. I wouldn't want you hurting yourself. Here. I need you to print this photograph of my grand opening and put it on the front page of tomorrow's paper. I have to run everything by the mayor now, St. James. It's fine. The Schlager brothers are in the picture with me cutting the ribbon. We've buried the hatchets. I hand him the glass plate and he holds it up to the light examining it. He seems surprised to see the Schlagers and me posing together. Ron takes it and carefully walks it over to the back of the shop, afraid of dropping it. From behind... I can see that he's even tried to flare his hair out like mine. Have you been growing out your hair for the last six years, Ron? He blushes, embarrassed that I said something. Oh, you know, my wife asked me to grow it out. She likes it. You don't say. How is Sheila? She's good. Looks a lot older. You probably wouldn't recognize her, so there's no need to stop by ever again. Say hi to her for me, will you? I sure won't. Is there anything else I can do for you today? No, just run the article, I say as I walk out. I stop a couple of steps before I hit the door and turn back toward him. Oh, and Ron, if Sheila really wants you to look like me, my gun belt has two holsters on it. Shutting the door behind me, I take a few steps out into the street and see a steady stream of gentlemen walking into my new establishments. Sam runs up to me with a hat full of money and a 40-cent smile. God damn it, his teeth have gotten worse. Boss, we making money hand over tits in there. I grab the hat and flip a few gold coins to him. He looks at me, puzzled. Take these and go buy yourself some new teeth. Also, get yourself a decent suit or a karate gi. Whatever the fuck you prefer to wear to greet the customers. I want you to run the place for me. And I'll be extending your cut by 2%. You've earned it. His eyes well up with tears. I don't know what to say. If you had manners, you'd say thank you. No, I don't know what to say because I am in so much pain. I can smell my own flesh cooking. Me too. Spray some cologne on it or something. I don't want you to scare any customers off. I pat him hard on the back and walk through town with a new sense of confidence. I'm rich as fuck again, and it feels great. You see what happens when you use the hard work that someone else has done for you? That shit pays off. Time for daddy to get suited up.